Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. This is a special edition of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley, with a special guest, Doug Fuscali of FoscaleModels.com. We um, had been in contact with Doug to do a special edition of the podcast where we could talk about the uh, new limited run kit that he's doing called the terminal. So we are going to go over all the inspiration and design aspects of the terminal, as well as some, some neat tips and tricks that you can use while you're building the terminal or that you can apply to your own modeling, not necessarily this kit. So um, we're going to go over it. It is a cool kit. It's a lot of cool buildings. If you want to check it out, head on over to FoscaleModels.com. Maybe pick one up for yourself. And we're going to have a link to everything that we talked about today in the show description. Enjoy this one. It is Doug Fiscali of FoscaleModels.com talking about the terminal kit. We also want to let you guys know that we are still putting out our Friday episode. It'll be just my dad and I. It'll kind of be the back to the basics version of the Bench Time podcast with just us two. So on Friday, you'll still be getting your normal episode. So uh, we just wanted to clarify that this isn't the episode of the week. This is a special edition. So enjoy it, guys, and we will see you again on Friday. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our special edition episode of the Bench Time Podcast. This this time, it's a it's an extra episode in the middle of the week, and we have Doug Foscali online with F with um, Foscale Models. He is coming on to our show to talk a little bit about his limited run kit that he does every summer. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, he releases a limited run kit. There's a, 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 a set quantity that's available until they sell out. And uh, every year, about this time of the year, he starts promoting it and selling it and um, gets it ready for everyone to pick up probably around September. So this year's kit is the Terminal. It's a really, really cool set of buildings. It's a whole city block. As usually, most of them are a lot of, lot of buildings and structures into one kit. But, anyways, we got Doug on the line. We're gonna get him to talk about the kit, and we're gonna go through his kit. And for anyone interested in listening in the history of the kit, not the history, but the details and the inspiration behind the kit, we're gonna go through all of that with Doug and kind of get his take on, you know, why he built it, what he did this year. And then at the end, Doug's gonna go over some cool uh, modeling tips for everyone that you can use for the limited run kit or if you're doing if you're doing any other buildings or structures of your own um we'll throw in some some goodies at the end here so with that thanks for coming on the show doug oh thanks guys thanks for having me on yeah thank you glad to have you so if you um i kind of went over a little bit in my intro here but if you just kind of want to step through the kit this year kind of give us a rundown on everything uh, i know yeah. A lot of people probably saw it online, but um, I want you to kind of, you know, expand upon it. Okay, uh, well, it's, it's like you said, it is a, it comprises kind of like a, a city block or a town block. Um, there's probably, well, there's about five or six structures that are kind of connected, and I featured it all around a bus terminal. Um, I've been wanting to do a bus terminal for a while. I don't see, you know, there's a plastic kit out there, but I've never seen it in a kind of craftsman kit. Um, so that's what the whole thing kind of centered around. And then the trick was figuring out how to get, um, you know, the buses have to get in and out and back of a building. So I, I also wanted to play with the idea of a sort of donut-shaped block where the, the center had a space that was detailed as well. So mm-hmm. uh, basically, if you look at the plan of the kit, it's like a big U, but it's, it's a trapezoid shape. Uh, so the, the buses come through the back and then come out the front on the street. So that kind of determined the shape and, uh, and sort of the arrangement of the block. Um, and then after that, it was a matter of you know connecting the, the bus station to what would be next to it and so forth. And one of the other things I liked about the bus stations, uh, at least in the 50s, which this is sort of modeled in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, kind of mid-century, which is what we usually do. Right. Um, but I like I like the idea of a bus terminal that used to be a trolley bar. Uh, so basically, we kind of arranged it so you could sort of see this past history of you know where the trolley cars would come in, park themselves for the night, and you know as time went on and they got rid of trolleys, buses took over, and so on and so forth. And then further to that, while I was playing with this history, I also liked the idea of this whole transitional period of of having a, a livery stable next door, 
where so the horses were still hanging on as a as a means of transportation while the trolleys and the buses were coming in and out of uh, use. Right. You know. So yeah, you're hitting a wide a, you're hitting a wide range of, of eras in that. Yeah, yeah, um, and, I, and and like with other other kits, I, I really like the story behind it. I don't want to just do a building for a building's sake. To me, it, it sort of just gives it life if you know why it's there and not just stuck there. Um, and, you know, right, it does have, have, have a life of its own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I saw the photos, I guess you put them out uh, yesterday. Um, what was it? Yesterday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sunday. Uh, well, you put a teaser up, and I, I even on your Facebook page, I put up a comment saying, uh, you big tease. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then shortly later, there's the photos, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" I think, uh, um, it, it, and I, I immediately called Brett and uh, let him know. I was like, "Oh, you have to check this out." I think I bugged you three times, Brett. Yeah, and, I was camping, and I kept getting and text it was, messages. I couldn't check it. <laughs> right, and, and, and you know, I've always yeah. looked at your website and seen your other ones that are no longer available and uh, I've sit, sat there and go, why, why didn't I why didn't I get into this a little earlier and, yeah. and got one of these, you know, it's too bad, I can't and uh, so it's, it's neat um, to see them, but this one here um, just looks, they always look amazing you do them every year and they look wonderful but this one really struck a chord with us uh, we really we really like the the whole design of it and um the the choices of the structures that you that you that you took um were were just really unique and something i haven't seen before in some you know a lot of the kits definitely oh, okay. uh, the bus circle thank you yeah i mean it's, it's always a challenge you know when you do a kit and then it's always, well, what do you do next year to make it different? And, you know, so many buildings have been done in other kits by other people and myself as well. You know, you, you kind of, for a minute, you're like, oh, what, what the heck else is there? And it's like, a, you know, bus yeah. station. And I, you know, uh, Rapido came out with those great buses this year, the fishbowl buses. I don't know if you've seen them They're from the 50s. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I, I just, I'm hoping someone will use those or different eras, I, every, every kind of bus you could think of. You know, uh, I, I bet you you'll see just about everybody <laughs> that gets these things. Try you'll see a various different errors that are used for sure. Yeah. yeah, and in the design we sort of mixed up the look of the place too. Like I said, it was supposed to be. Uh, our idea was that it was an old trolley bar, but the entrance to the bus station has got an Art Deco kind of uh, facade to it, right? Um, which was pretty common, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, maybe. Uh, so you've got this whole mix of materials and eras, and, and, and it just gives it a really unique look. Well, and then right beside uh, the Art Deco it, building is is a is a livery. You know, it's a it's yeah, a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's almost that's like a barn build, joke. almost a barn style building right beside this Art Deco building. It's really contrasting. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you can look and you know you can look at old photographs and books and you know even in like New York City or uh, in the middle of the country where you've got this modern stuff and you still got this other stuff just hanging on you know from from 20, 30, 50 years earlier oh absolutely and it, yeah and, and what, what, what's great about it is that for modelers anyway you know all the different materials it gives you a chance to do different techniques and different styles and different colors and you know instead of just doing one giant clockwork building or one giant brick building or whatever it just kind of mixes it up yeah and and it's you know it it lends itself, from what I see, to being able to, you know, put it into different types of uh, uh, formations of, of the buildings or a different positioning of the building. Right. Uh, it gives yeah. you, it looks, yeah. looks like there's a little bit, I see a couple different options you could go with. Yeah, you can you can probably, uh, you know, take it like a puzzle and start rearranging it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the fun part. If I were buying a kit, I would probably do the same thing and kit bash it a little bit and change it up. But um, you know, and we also, if you obviously, if you look at the main mill building, there's a big the street's at an angle, so the building kind of gets sliced. And, right, uh, that's very cool looking. Different things. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the fun part for me because all those little roofs and go up and down and they're different angles and you know. It's, 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 it's neat to see it because the, the it looks like the, I, mean, I mean I'm just going from photos here for now it looks like the tall main part of the mill is pretty square and then yeah. you know the, the, the side buildings are, are, are kind of cropped at an angle 
and it really plays yeah. with your, it really plays with your mind when you start looking at it that way. It's a uh, it's kind of, not an illusion, but it's just it messes with your brain when I'm looking at it because you want it to be square, but it's not. So right, right, but, yeah. But I think that's a that's the thing in all of your limited edition kits that I've seen before. It that they they that is how an actual city block. Um, that's how they look. I mean, they're not perfectly square when you go into a right. city. And, I mean, you're seeing a variation of how building structures are arranged. Um, you know, I think it's yeah, ideal. I, I, yeah, I've done a couple of clinics on that at some of the shows where I like to, before I put a building down, even if it's a kit that you buy, generally it's going to be 90 degrees in all the corners. But, like you said, all these, these building lots, you got to think of these building lots and these streets, they're at different angles, and they're not going to waste space. That Even that little sliver of triangle, they're going to fill it in sure. at the corner of this kit, you know, and, and, and get some use out of it. And, right. then, you know, that's what makes, again, that's what makes it interesting. You get this dynamic roof line and um, all kinds of crazy right. angles. So, I get, so what yeah, and it's not going to happen uh, in it. Yeah. Now, oh, that's an auto bar. Okay. I was looking closely at <laughs> I it. I said... Uh, oh, go ahead, Dad. I, I cut you guys both off. No, I was just saying, in, a, in an actual city, um, those angles and such are going to... Same as when, when you place your kits. I mean, you know, we, yeah. we as model railroaders, we're always trying to use every bit of real estate we can without wasting it. But in a city, they, it's the same thing. It, the real estate's real estate. Uh, so... Uh, how you pack them in is really, really cool. How you did that, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I see on like you know. On, on, I would suggest to someone on a model railroad where you've got a your curved track and you've got a rectangle building. You you know, have this little arc of space that is between the track and the building, and it's not a perfect space. So fill it in with the more building and make it an angle. It, yeah, you know, we it'll just look, it looks more natural. It looks like you know. We've started uh, scratch building a, a bunch of angled buildings or just odd shape buildings just to fill in uh, for the wow. same reason. Yeah, yeah. It but, really, it just, it, you know, we, we try so hard to make everything look realistic with, with effects of finishing, weathering, and stuff. That is actually another effect that's making it. You, your eye kind of believes that, you know, it's, it's real because the angles make sense to you what you see in the real world. Right. Now, now your your bus terminal. Um, yeah. I, I notice you have a, a clapboard front on the up yeah. on the above section with three garages that uh, open up uh, and go. I guess the bus can go completely under, which is really cool. Yeah. And, and I guess the, next to it, the Art Deco part um, is the entrance way. Yeah, there would be uh, probably a staircase that goes upstairs and above the, the bus bays or a waiting area. Okay. Um, and now is That's that? Kind of how I it. Is that? Oh, true, unique. I love it. Oh, I see now. Is I, that I, a, what kind of material do you use for the Art Deco uh, front there? I mean, it looks uh, like stucco or. Yeah, the main structure is laser cut wood parts, and then we use you know, like a Durham's putty to mix up a stucco mix. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, you could use a number of different materials like pre mixed tile grout, which works great too. Sure. Because um, it's got a nice granular texture to it, but uh, anything like that. Yeah, my favorite part when I'm looking through here is how the uh, I, I I was looking for where the trolley barn tavern was. I was reading the description on the on your site about how you know it's cool to take. It would have been cool to take the old trolley barn and the old tro- the old um, part of the kit and turn it into a tavern where it would have used to have been a part of the uh, what did you call it? Uh, bu- 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 the trolley barn, or is yeah, you were saying uh, as a testament to a long gone trolley barn, the the trolley barn tavern provides drink for the locals. It's just kind of cool how you're playing you're playing on the the evolution yeah. of travel changing in you know as the century moves on, and you know, and you're kind of throwing a, a a dedication to the extinct trolleys in the in the town. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what again what I like about playing with history and the scene is, you know, if you any given block in any town or city, 
every building wasn't built at the same time. They right. keep mm-hmm. coming up and going down and coming up and going down. So some stay around, some leave, and I, there's always some story about what used to be there. You know, and, and I think interesting. And I think full sto- full like the full story of it as you look at it uh, from a historical standpoint of this of this build of this whole build the whole kit itself. I was doing yeah. once I once I read the description of your kit that you wrote, I was intrigued with the history of. Uh, the the phasing in and out of of motor carried freight and travel, and when horse travel and freight was you know when it was mixed, and then when yeah. when motorized travel and, and and freight took over predominantly, and and it looked like in like the mid to late 1910s, it really in in the bigger cities it really started to just become all motorized. So it's kind of cool how you could go as early as that if you're in a more uh, modern a bigger city. And you could yeah. go to a later decade if you're out kind of in the a more rural area, and uh, yeah. it's just neat because you're it, you you got me wanting to research the history of the of travel between horse travel and motorized travel, and it it really pegged down a cool a cool date range for me. Yeah, yeah, and it just, there's so many interesting things about you know once you start getting into the research like you just did, it just opens up a whole whole other uh, place for ideas. Right, I think the yeah. thing I saw. I was just going to say, I think yeah. the thing that I saw, it said, uh, it was like 1908 was the first year in the United States that, in New York City, that um, that motorized travel outnumbered horse travel. So, it, it yeah. was just, it was just, I just got, I just went down a rabbit hole and started researching all that. Now, once I read the description. <laughs> and if you, if you think about this, from every aspect of the different types of businesses or buildings that are there, you have all different types of travel. So you have a shoe store that starts with the beginning of time where we walk. And so you got your yeah. shoes, you go to horseback, then you go to trolley, then you go to bus. It's, 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 uh, oh, and then a car garage too. Tell us a little bit about the car garage. I mean, it comes everything yeah well the car garage is between the tavern and the shoe mill um and it's just a way to fit in yet one more little tiny business because i like big buildings next to small buildings to give them scale and stuff um so that that's what that was it's just a small little filler kind of piece uh, it's perfect you know. yeah next uh, so, so tell us a little bit about the signs. You got some really unusual signs. You got, you got two different ones here at the uh, bus terminal. I see one that's on the Art Deco building, and then you have another that is on the actual the uh, bus terminal itself. It's a um, the the laser cut billboard, uh, which is yep. another brilliant thing that uh, talks about travel in an era. Where and that's another billboard, by the way. I haven't seen in a long time. Is once that was at a time when National Park Service was starting to come in, and they were starting to talk, you know, getting people to take more vacations by car and bus, and uh, mm-hmm. and and it's cool to see that you don't see that on a billboard anymore. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, well, you know, everyone's getting on a plane and you're there in a few hours. So it sort of takes the adventure out of it. Yeah. <laughs> these, these trips back then were more of, a, more of an adventure. Um, right. And, you know, that's that's partly why I had this. I have I had a bus station in my mind for a while. When I was a kid, I was nine years old. Uh, my dad took us on a bus trip to New Mexico from New York City. So we were days on, on the Greyhound bus, days coming wow. back. So, you know, it's then you really get the sense of how big the country is and how amazing mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. States, states are. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of a romantic way to look at traveling. And I think a lot of that's gone, of course, you know, unless you really get in the car and do it again yourself, but which you can, and I, and I have, but, uh, with flying over it, you miss, you know, if you go yes. to Los Angeles from New York, you're missing a whole, a whole adventure. So, yep. Yep. Uh, it's good to look back and remember that there was just, you still can do it probably if you want to. Right. So, so the signs. Uh, yeah. Uh, give us give, give us a little background on that, or you know. Yeah. What what all? Because um, the signs are unique on this instruction uh, on this on this kit. Not any more so than any of your other kits. You always have amazing signs, but I love hearing the history or your thought process behind that. Yeah, well, the the sign on the deco, the Art Deco portion of the building, is sort of in line with that era. You know, where you've got the Art Deco, um, which is 1920s, 30s, maybe 40s. Uh, so the typefaces change, and then the, the like the bus terminal, the red sign above the 
the entrance to the to the terminal, you know, it's it's a different kind of typeface. I mean, the typefaces are just as important as the materials and the the type of building it is. So they all speak to a different era. Um, right. Same thing with the the laser cut billboard on the roof. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so again, it's it's every piece I, I try to at least you know help. It, it's a character in the story, you know. Uh, so right. I mix up the material, the clapboard, the corrugated, same thing with signs. You've got the laser cut, you've got the printed, you've got the raised letters on the Art Deco sign. Um, it's just the more variety, the better. And, and what's happening is, for in, at least in my point of view, is, you know, light is kind of a big part of this, especially when you photograph it. So you've got light making, going through all the supports of the laser cut letter roof sign. Mm. Uh, makes all these crazy shadows, and you know, again, it just it looks more realistic to me. Right. More you and, and it's designed. It's designed by an artist's mind. I mean, you can just you know, you, we we can see your background in it. It's it's uh, and and then what better way to uh, build or have a kit um, that you get from somebody who has that kind of you know that mindset where they, they can look at things in an artistic, uh, artistic way, um, like that. Now, you know, you were saying we, we talked about those two signs, but if you look at other signs across the, the kit itself, I'm seeing, um, signs like that would be like your wood signs that are on the buildings and, and you have poster type signs or signs that are painted on. It's a, it's a, mm -hmm big mix and your graphics have always been an amazing part of the kits I know when I built the uh, um, Metzger building uh, that was another one that, that, that I did I was just amazed by your, your thought process that you put into uh, the signs and such and it's a, it's a they're right you know you'll have a you'll have a metal sign next to what would be a metal sign next to a sign painted on. And, and so you see a great side by side and, and it's a big contrast. It's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's, it's again, it's, it's, I think it's this whole layer process that uh, I think we talked about last time was on your podcast. Um, you know, some are wood, some are metal, so you can try different weathering techniques and, um, and it's just you know you're trying to you're trying to mimic the real world as much as possible. So uh, sure. that 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 means variety in everything across the board, from building materials to signs to scenery, you know, the whole thing. The delivery is that is that a a board by board? Uh, it's board by board on the second story. Uh, down below is board and batten. Um, so again, we mixed it up. Yeah, a bit, that'll you know. be fun to build. That'll be a fun yeah. one. That's a, yeah, I, mean, I, I like. It, it always ends up looking awesome when you do it that way. It just the amount of detail you can see when you do board by board looks great. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've been trying to do a lot of mixing up the boards. You know, where you have a main color, like in this case, it's red, and then some of the boards were replaced over time, so they pull them from somewhere else and they're different colors, and it's just you know, again, it's, it's, it's a variety. Right. Um, looks like it's patched in. It's like a patch board work. You know. They needed yeah, to repair yeah. some, and, and, and they just didn't match. Uh, so that's that's super cool. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brett. No, it's a, it's a, it's it's cool. I was um, I was actually just scrolling through the pictures here while you guys were talking, and I also I'm a little bit obsessed about the uh, meat, fish, and poultry, uh, the Canal Street Market that you have. Uh, uh, and I know, yeah. and I know it's an optional building, but it looks like. By adding that, you're really you're really completing that whole like U-shaped uh, city block, and it it, it yeah. really adds a lot of character to the to the entire kit. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened was the, the kit when it happens a lot with when I work on this stuff, they get it got too big. Yeah. You know, I, I crammed too much in there, so I had to include it <laughs> as an option. Um, for one thing, some not everyone's going to have the space. And, you know, and an option is nice. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to um, purchase that part of the kit. But, uh, yeah, it's a, neat, it's a neat little building. Actually, I use a technique uh, that I think you guys talked about last. I'm pretty sure it was you guys using seeds for something. Yeah. Oh, I used uh, fennel seeds for clam okay. shells. I mean, oyster shells. 
Well, I, I use them for the fish. If you look closely, I the see fish, that. Those are feral seeds. Yeah, they're the ones. <laughs> yeah. they the, uh, the, oh, that's awesome. They're the gray-colored fish on the on the benches there. On the table. On the tables. Table? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, you did. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a I had a resin casting from a couple of years back that I did, but it just didn't look as good. And with the feral seeds, you can just pile up as many as you want. Yeah. You get a whole jar. You know, you have an endless supply of, uh, <laughs> of fish. And I just dry brushed them silver, and it, it was great. But it was, it was from your, your trick about the, the oysters. <laughs> hey, That's well, really cool. I'm, going, I'm impressed. That is then, awesome. You know, on the fennel seed thing, there is a trick to that, Doug, and you have to learn. To, <laughs> if you took them from the kitchen, you better replace them before the wife gets mad. I'm just saying, this is... <laughs> well, I, I took a... I put back the bottle. Uh, and I don't know if you can see on the same uh, scene there, there's, there's a low table with two slabs of beef. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're kind of bloody. I, I don't know if you can guess what those are. Uh, I'm um, looking. Are those pencil erasers? No, they're pecans. Pecans. Ah. Oh, yeah. I was wondering yeah. if you, if you yeah. maybe smashed up like pink <laughs> pencil erasers. <laughs> They're pecans. That's a great, that's a great idea. Pecans. Yeah, well, they, they've got the same shape as a side of beef. You know, like oh, yeah. And they got that. Kind of thing and, and, and they have the little texture of the, of the ridges and bumps in it. So. Yeah, yeah. And you just kind of bloody it up with some red and pink paint. There you go. <laughs> well, paint a few, eat a few. Paint a few, eat a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly. awesome. Uh, that's yeah. brilliant. Well, that's your your idea. Thank you. <laughs> that was your tip. But ah, uh, that's great. Now, now, you, so now, now I was going to ask real quick for the people that for the people that do pick up that kit. Do you explain how you used the fennel seeds and the pecan yeah. in the instructions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll do a little step by step just to color them and whatever. Right. I, I was going to include them in the kit, but I don't want to get into mice eating into people's kits. <laughs> yeah, if, if, sure somebody, if somebody shelves it for a month or two before they get time to do it, a mouse might get in there to get that pecan. Yeah. Either that or they might have a nut allergy. And yeah, my yeah. man, that's why you be growing... Some of these guys that buy yeah. these things and send them on their shelves for ages, they might have fennel growing in there. <laughs> yeah, or, or mice living in there, one or the other. Mm -hmm. so. Very right. cool. <laughs> so, um, on the de since we're on details, uh, tell, uh -huh. can you tell us a little bit about the details that are included? Yeah, um, well, as most of the kids, like, all the windows and doors are plastic. Those, are, those guys are from Tishy. Uh, and there's a lot of laser cut freight doors. Uh, we've added some new metal details um, that we made new masters and new patterns for this year, vents and ductwork and stuff. Um, and we've also got like a, a fire call box on the corner. We've got some crates, some new crates, some stacked boxes. Um, and, and some of our regular details are in there as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we've got uh, two types of laser cut shingles. Uh, we did sort of a, a hex hexagonal shingle on the on the market. Mm -hmm. um, you see the, the the top end of the building there. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And, um, what and what's, what's the uh, shingle? It looks like it's a varied color shingle you have on the peak of that, uh, the opposite corner from the market that you have on top of the uh, tavern. Oh, yeah, those are those are just one color. They come one color. Okay. And you should sort of explain how to just you take a gray marker, two two different shades of gray, gotcha. and you can get that shingle, that slate look. A varied color, uh, yeah. If you, it, yeah, if you've ever done a South River Model Works kit and Bob Van Gelder's mills, he's done that um, for years. And it's a great technique. Yeah, I, right. It, it makes it it makes it really pop. Now yeah, I noticed yeah. on on your on your obviously the of the kit itself the structure that stands out is is is, is of course the caswell shoe company and um now um on that i do see details on the side of that building as well a lot of a lot of really neat details on the side of the building which is really cool too um so that that all comes with the kit as well correct yeah, anything that's structural and into detail is with the kit. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, beyond the vehicles and the people, um, it's in there. Even we've even got, uh, if you see the sewer grates at the sidewalk, those are in there too. Yeah, oh, cool. oh that's uh, sweet. 
Yeah, I've been doing you know the sidewalks for years and corners and stuff, and I know it's always missing. It's the sewers, you know. So I finally just stick it, stick it, in there. I think that's great. I mean, you're right, and hardly any any kits have sewers on them, and uh, yeah. you can buy. We had a discussion on one of our other podcasts about the sewers and uh, uh, manhole covers and things like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I, I've even tried to figure out ways to make manhole covers, but um, <laughs> it's. Uh, because you know, because you get like four to a pack for ten bucks, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, it, the, you don't see them included, which is um, which is really cool. I mean, there is one other company I've seen them do it, but um, you know, it's it's rare. So I, I think that's awesome. You put the sewer grates in there. Yeah, it just it just adds it's up to it. Now, in designing it itself, I mean, um, the the whole. To to do it, what what kind of time frame was that? You from when you decide to do it to when you yeah. decide that you're done. <laughs> um, well, the designing it and thinking about it is probably January to April, so it's four months. Wow. And I mean, it's obviously not not every day, but it's just an ongoing thing in your head. You're just you right. know working on it, working on it. Because um, sure. by sure. May May first, I have to start building it wherever I'm at. You know, um, right. And I may not have it all resolved by then. And then even when you build something, it may look great on paper, but when you build it, it just doesn't work. Right. Um, and even case in point is the the bus terminal itself. Um, when you, if you rip off that clapboard wall, you'll see a hole in the wall under there that just didn't didn't work. It was uh, <laughs> kind of um, uh, a grid of metal panels, mm-hmm. like um, it looked too modern. Mm-hmm. So it was just literally a grid going across there, and it had the late letters uh, bus terminal on it, and it, but it looked like it was from 1970. So. <laughs> so uh, I went back and forth with some of my friends, uh, my friend Mark Pantera uh, and Hal Reynolds and, and Ron mm-hmm. uh, Putimani, and we you know, just like, "What's does this work? Does this work?" Like something's wrong, and we couldn't figure it out, you know. But <laughs> it was it was just that it just looked like it was 1970, and I don't not that there's anything wrong with modern 1970, but it just didn't work for this kind of look. So yeah, so, yeah and sometimes you don't know that until you get it up. Yeah, exactly, and and since the bus station was a big. It was uh, like sort of the anchor of the kit. It had to work, you know. So it's, you, you sort of struggle through it a little bit and right. rebuild things and rip it off and rebuild it, resketch it, resketch it, and you know. And I did, I did do a whole mock-up, a laser-cut mock-up of all the buildings first to make sure the sizes were right. Sometimes they're too big or too small, so you, you cut pieces off and. You know, because the problem with making a kit as opposed to just doing this on your own layout is you have to, there's an economy to it where you have to make sure it's within a price. Right. You know, and right. you, can't, you can't just go crazy and make it too big and put too many details or not enough details. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't, so, you got to be careful, uh, you know, because you got to appeal to the, you know, a majority who are, who are going to yeah, be buying. Yeah. You're right. How, how, right. How many, how many running years have you, have you done a special limited edition? Or limited run? Um, the limited run, this, well, I've been doing limited run since the beginning, since my first kit. Okay. Um, okay. Just a little hot dog stand, but not at the scale, obviously. The, the first one was a $50 kit. Right. Uh, but I think uh, the first big round kind of diorama was, I want to say 2010. It was called the Garment District. Yeah. Um, and it was another group of buildings. It was a diner. There was a hat and glove building, so it was all about the garments, so the industry. So yeah, so that's probably uh, this is the eighth year of that. That's eighth year, that. okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. every one of them I've seen them, and uh, they look they're just they're, they're really cool. They always seem to center on a, uh, a taking up a basically a city block or a large portion of a, a waterfront, and. Um, and this is obviously no exception. They're always um, very eye-catching, and, uh, and I think it, um, the, it's a rarity yeah. to see something quite like this. I don't think I don't think you get to see something along these lines, um, even so much as uh, you know. When George Selyus did stuff like this, but but it, you know his were just individual building kits. I don't know of him putting like you know five 
buildings together like that and into one. Uh, he, yeah, he had a couple of them, like three or four buildings, like Hooligan Valley. Oh, okay. And a couple other ones like that. Uh, I so. did see Hooligan Valley. I, I've often thought about buying a copy, a uh, set of that. But yeah, uh, I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. I mean, mm-hmm. You pay a pretty penny a for it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's literally not a kit I've done that I haven't thought about a fine scale miniatures kit while I'm making it. You know, right. it's, sort of like it's a, hard not to, and and I think, I think that's such a common. He he, his name is such a common. Uh, uh, inspiration in everyone that we've ever talked to now that we've been doing this podcast everyone brings you know george up and it's it's just funny how we all kind of we all look to him as like we want to you know everyone want everyone aspires to be that but then i I believe it was was it kenny or jeff that said uh that that that, you know if we all want to do work as good as him but at the same time you don't want to do work just like george selios because then it wouldn't be your work so Uh, that was right yeah. That was Howard Zane. That was Howard Zane, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, you know, yeah. it it, yeah. always, it is fun <laughs> to look up to the to the big names in the in the industry and the hobby mm-hmm. uh, as inspiration, but at the same time it's it's always cool to do your own thing as well. Even right. when you yeah. buy a kit like yours, it's always, and you even said it, it's it's fun you think it's fun to see when people buy it and kinda reconfigure everything and, and that's what you would do. Oh yeah. So it's it is yep. neat to exactly. uh, it's neat to yeah. To look up to them, but at the same time, it's it's cool to kind of experiment a little bit. Oh yeah, and, and the quality of this kit is the qual- the quality of this kit is insane, and it just it's saying. Uh, and you you you're probably not gonna want to hear this because you know I'm you know it's the humbleness in you, but but um it's uh you know your your net scale modeling that it's uh you know that. We, you know, there's a lot of people we talk to them um, on this podcast that, that put you right up there with, you know, somebody like George, and you know, in your own style, of course. And but it's uh, you had that you had that eye uh, to when you put your kids together, and it it's it sets things apart. And and uh, I've heard that from I've even heard that from other kit manufacturers on this show. So that's uh you know just wanted to bring that to your attention. This is this yeah. is like a beautiful beautiful kit. So. Thank you, thank you. Thanks. Very I mean, I, I, I got, got it. No, I was just saying. Yeah, I was just adding to my dad. So go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm excited myself to, to build these all the time, and, and and even more excited for someone else to to take the same thing and build it. And to me, that's just it's so much fun to. Uh, and this is going to sound corny, but I like sharing it. You know, I like sharing the, the idea, the ideas, the designs, the even the excitement for building this stuff. Because you know, every day that goes by, I see less and less people making things with their hands, and the, the people who are willing to take one of these kits and and take the time to do it—that's kind of special. Because. Uh, there's so many things that are becoming a lost art, you know. Right. Everyone um, wants it done. Cra- craftsmanship. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or they're just staring into a, a, an iPhone all day, and, and I mean, we all do it, but it's becoming so much so that some people don't even know that these things exist that right. you could do it. Right. You know. Well, so. the beautiful thing about uh, about what we're trying to do is, even though we are, everyone is staring into an iPhone all day. At least there's a million places now. Where if you're going to be staring at an iPhone, you might as well be looking at uh, beautiful, you know, model railroading. Yeah. Beautiful models <laughs> yeah. for inspiration. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, I agree. no, um, so, and that's and that's, that's kind of that. yeah, that's that's kind of the whole you know shift in model railroading. I think is is being able to share and and like you said, mm-hmm. you yeah. love sharing it with people. So that's you know, it's a good it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. so uh, so what else on this kit you got to tell us? I mean, there's, there's, it's so big. There's got to be some little hidden secrets and stuff in there that you know our listeners are going to want to know about. Um, secrets. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you some of the, tech, the some techniques. I mean, I'm always trying new techniques on things. Yeah, let's um, let's, do, let's do sure. Let's that. go there. Yeah. yeah, we can go there. Um, Okay. Um, well, one one thing I've been using, if you look at the roads, they've got this kind of bleached out, spotty look uh-huh. um, to them. And I'm using this this uh, product that's from one of the AK Interactive products called Dust and Dirt Deposits. It's, a, it's uh-huh. an enamel-based paint. 
and I'm kind of using it on almost everything now. What it does, uh, the, the military model is use it on tanks and vehicles. And it's, it's a transparent kind of uh, brown tan wash that sort of finds its way into corners and, and gives it like a, just like a haze over an object. Okay. Uh, you can see it on some of the, the, the HO vehicles in the diorama as well. It's kind of dusty, but stained at the same time. Right, yeah. So you just kind of, you dab, you dab it and brush it on, and you can take a brush and put it in mineral spirits, hit it again, and it just kind of fades away, but leaves it in the corners where, you know, you kind of want it to, where dust would settle. But it, for some reason, it also works great on the roads. Um, so you don't have this even gray, flat kind of, you know, yeah, it, look to it. It it looks like uh, it looks like when pavement becomes uh, you know when the tar starts to wash out of the pavement and it's more like the chips left over. Kind of, yeah, or it's kind of bleached by the sun and the weather. And, yeah, uh, but you can but you can also use this. I've been using it on the rooftops as well and little corners of parts of metal details and and all kinds of things like that. Very cool. Um, so it's a kind of a use. Well, I'm holding a drawer on that in my hand right now. <laughs> and because uh, I love their, I love the AK stuff. Oh my word! Well, I know and, you'll be using uh, yeah. your next thing. Yeah. Well, now when you put that on the road, uh, I mean, a lot of this stuff we put it on, and I've used the light uh, dust deposits. I used it last week on a garage yeah. I built, and then I I had a, a vehicle in front. And it's the first time I actually used it on the vehicle. Same thing, looking at the tank models and things I've seen out there, and they have the yeah. you know you can see the dust and. And it is really neat on the vehicles because it, even at this small scale, it still fell into the contours and the small cracks and crevices, and uh, it really brought it out. Uh, in I, I loved it. It was I was very happy with uh, the result. Now on a road, um, do you have to thin that out to spread it out, or do you have to? Just get a whole you, mess of jars of this stuff. <laughs> no, well, 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 you wouldn't cover the entire road. You would just sort of do blotches here and there, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of dab it with mineral spirits and it let it bleed in and fade away. You don't, you don't want to cover it. You don't want the road to be the brown color okay. that it is, but more of like a haze right. over it. So I get it's, okay. it's you know you experiment and you test it and you kind of see the different uh, levels of how, sure. how dark or light it light it can be. Right. Um, and then um, on the rooftops, I've been, you know, for years I've been, the first roofs I used to do uh, were just dry brushing, and then I added chalk, and then I added some oil paints, but I've also been using another uh, AK wash, I think it's called dark, I think it's a wood wash, I think it's called wood wash. Yep. Um, and there's, a, there's, yes. there's, 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 there's a number of different shades, and I've been using them on like the flat roof of the bus station. Is it, uh, look at all that. Is it the uh, wash for wood? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Got it. Yep. yeah. I have yeah. I'm so looking at mine. Yeah. We just turned bread on the AK products a couple weeks ago. I'm, obsessed, I'm now <laughs> obsessed with okay. them, by the way. <laughs> oh, there, there's, there's no going I back. Can't, no, there isn't. There is not. There, I, I don't. I can't not use them because <laughs> the stuff gets so much more realistic. Right. You know, uh-huh. you just you can just get all these stains and and they're transparent and they're well, and they they're, kind of they're, do the work for you. And there's there every time I've done it now, it ends up looking better every time I do it because I'm learning. I mean, I'm still learning how to use them because I, I use I just used to use acrylics and and my own little homemade washes. But uh, uh-huh. every time I use it now, I find a new technique for it, and it it just seems to get better every time I do it. So I I'm hooked. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just keep finding new uses and new ways to use the stuff, right. and uh, it only just it only makes your models look better. It's versatile. Um, yeah, uh, and I tried a new roof paper, a rolled roofing technique on this kit that I hadn't done before, kind of by mistake. Um, usually, I'll paint the strips black or gray or uh, whatever the roof color is, and then apply them to the roof. Put some dry brushing and some chalk. Blah blah blah. This time I, I used a sponge. If you look at the roof on the fish market building, uh, it's got a lot of grays and greens, but it's got a lot of little speckles. Yeah, kind I see of that. Like asphalt, asphalt uh, uh, paper. So I, I took a sponge, the same kind of sponge I use on my wood walls to get that peeled paint effect, and I took a, three different shades of gray and another black and sponged it lightly in a random pattern on, on the paper before I cut the strips. And then... 
it looks it doesn't look very natural so i wanted to blend it in so i took a took two different cans of spray paint like a like a gray green and like a probably a black rubber black grayish color and just oversprayed lightly so you've got this you, you've kind of diluted the color of the sponge paint and then just kind of fade it all together and you get this irregular kind of look to it which looks yeah. good once you start and it looks yeah. faded and everything as well which is awesome yeah, and then a couple of the AK washes, I did some stains and drops here and there. Uh, I used the AK moss deposits, which is one of my favorite ones from them, mm-hmm. for, mostly for waterfront stuff if you want algae, but I just do a little, um, I take a toothpick with my paintbrush and I flick it on, kind of like a splatter paint, uh-huh. so it looks like some lichen or algae is on the roof or something like that, just to give it more variety. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I have a drawer of that, and I've never opened it, and uh, I because I haven't figured out how to apply it yet, and now I have an idea. That's awesome. I think I got it from you at the show, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I, I use that this little splatter technique even more. If you look at the the smokestack on the the largest smokestack on the shoe building, it's got the ribbed. Uh, stack with the guy wires. Yep. Mm-hmm, yeah. So tissue from tissue, it's plastic. Um, it's got little specks of rust and stuff. And and what I used to do with oil paint is take a nail or a paper clip or some kind of fine wire and then dab the oil paint all around the the object like the smokestack and then take mineral spirits, drag the paint down so it bleeds. But my little uh, drops of paint were always too big so I take the brush and take the toothpick and I'll splatter it again just kind of hit hit the toothpick to get this fine dot spray of my burnt umber oil paint and it just makes all these nice little rust flecks and then if you want to drag some take some mineral spirits drag it down here and there but they're, they're so much finer so they're more to scale than these giant rust patches yeah. I put on but yeah, you know uh, with it being the nail or something, right? So I did that a lot. I did that a lot on the roof fence and stuff. And uh, I think and we talked about it. that. We talked about yeah. that on our last podcast with you uh, a little bit oh. about the AK products and how you had to. And, and you're describing it now um, exactly what we were talking about. Um, you ha- they're made for a larger scale, a lot of them, uh, and because yeah. of that, you had to figure, you had to toy with them like you've been doing. Mm-hmm. To, to yep. find out how to make them, you know, work for your scale, and and, and that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, um, and even for like a metal sign, if you look at the Canal Street Market sign on the end of the building, it's a yellow sign with black lettering. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some small, small little flecks of rust, and that's from splattering it on, with, you know, hitting it across a toothpick or a paintbrush or another round object or something. Um, and same thing for the if you look at the the sides of beef by the by the market as well there's specks of blood on the concrete there's no way I could have got that done that by hand with a brush they would have been too big right so I just kind of you know about two or three inches away and just kind of hit the brush against the toothpick and the, and the, the paint is kind of diluted with some water and oh. you get these fine 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 drops of whatever you know whatever you're applying yeah like um uh, and it it's neat because it, it's very light and it's subtle, so it's not like this big yeah. red stain. Murder scene. It's, it's not a, a murder scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a light yeah. red, right red, a light red blood stain, which would make sense if yep. it was uh, even for fish. It looks like you have some of it below the. Uh, you have it beside the beef slabs, but you have a little bit of it uh, in between the two tabletops with the fish on it as well. Yeah, yeah, I did some of that too. Yeah, uh, we could think it's pretty bloody eventually. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's that's so cool. that's a, that's a we're gonna be I'm gonna be doing that. Uh, I'm gonna be using that. Now you said you used oil paints for the for the uh, for the, for the, the rust, rust spots. On the, on the, yeah. Was yeah. that was and that? Yep. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say was that um, was that an oil paint from a military normally from a military or a larger scale. Uh, modeling type of oil paint, or did you just have a regular, like a rust, like a burnt I sienna? Used, uh, I used burnt umber uh, artist oils in a tube. Okay. 
like an oil, an oil painter would use, and I just thin it a little tiny bit with some mineral spirits, and then go from there. I mean, I also use that on pretty much everything, right? Like the the you know rotting boards and, and all that stuff. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, and the other the other little if you could zoom in on the uh, the lampshade at the the fish market above the yellow sign. There's also a little tiny rust flex, rust dots on that, and that's the same way as that splatter, which I can never get with a brush. Oh yeah, yeah it just gives gives the lampshade, which I usually just would dry brush or something, and it's kind of looked okay. But this looks so much better. It's got tiny, tiny spots of rust on it. Oh, that's that's a great idea. And in and yeah. the sign that's under it, you were talking about how you flecked uh, the rust on that as well, and. Uh-huh. Um, you know, even rust and dirt and grime like that, it, you know, people don't. You, you, if you go to an older building, um, even a building that's only you know ten or twenty years old, um, you're going to find on their signs and on their on their you know a lampshade like that on an outdoor lampshade, you're going to find spots of rust and and uh, you know smears of grime and things like that on on these things, which is you always seem to be able to bring that out, which is. Yeah, it's very realistic. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that's the fun part. It's, you know, it's special effects. We get right. to do special effects on mm-hmm. these models, you know. Um, sure. And and the funner part is finding new ones all the time. You know, there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, thanks to the Internet, the good thing about the Internet and all that is that there's so much information and people are doing stuff and sharing it. Right. Are you, um, I gotta ask, are you familiar, we learned about this last week, are you familiar with, um, Shorpy? Oh, the photographs? Yeah. 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 Okay. I was hoping that you were all over that already because we learned about Shorpy, I think someone, I think we Dave Cruzwick. Yeah. It was Dave Cruzwick, yeah. Dave Cruzwick told us about it. But, yeah, no, it's a great site. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I've been saving photos from Shorpy on my favorites now for like a, a whole week now. I've been, I've been lost in that website, and and that kind of led me into my next thing was, um, was there any kind of uh, inspir? I mean, I know was most of this from your head that you kind of just started sketching out, or was a, was there any of it that you kind of, um, you know, saw from inspiration on any photographs or uh, real world buildings or anything? Not not literally, but just just sort of um, pieces and parts, kind of pieces pieces and parts. But I, I, I knew I would I would look. I wanted a cluster in a, in a block, so I would just sort of you know there's a, there's a language to these kind of things where you you know how far apart are things and right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just you just look at similar things. Whether it was this is a U shape, say I would look at something that was. Uh, um, an L shape and, and what happened in the corner, say, uh, if that makes sense, you know, where things meet and even though they're not seen, it's in the back. So in this case, I put billboards uh, in, inside the area where the, where the buses come in because, you know, the people in the bus would see them. So it just made a nice uh, space. But I, I, I would find that in photographs, you know, in a similar kind of ideas. Right. So in places like Shorty right. Shor- Shor- are per- perfect for that. Um, if, if, if you get lost for a couple of hours, you will get lost for that, forever on that. Yeah, that's a that's a black that's a black hole of a website. I uh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's insane. I I've been getting their emails yeah. and and I sit down in the evening and I just keep clicking the next page and the next page and the next page and I just I get lost in the photos on that site. Hey, Doug, when yeah. you do your concrete, uh, like like I'm looking at the fish market photo right now and it sits upon a, a slab of concrete and. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you, how do you what what material do you use? How do you put that down? Um, well, first uh, the concrete that it's sitting on, where where the I guess the the guys are walking around. That's the base. That's just the foam base of the diorama. That's the pink rigid foam. Mm-hmm. So I, I paint that directly. Okay. Um, and then I just score a grid of expansion joints in it. And then the slab that the building is sitting on comes with the kit. That's just a laser cut. Uh, sort of, oh. it's not matte, matte board. It's called task board. Okay. It's got a little, it's got a little texture to it, which sort of looks like concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I just paint them both the same color. Uh, and I use, oh. you know, craft craft store paints like a, something called linen or sand or you know, there's a bunch of different colors for that. Sure. Now, when uh, when you said the uh, the task board, that's a similar 
uh, things that you use with your other kits on the sidewalks? Is that similar? Yeah, it's the same, same material. Yeah, okay. It's the same, the same material, yeah. It also looks yeah. like, it, and this is just out of pure interest, it looks like you have either scored or embedded somehow uh, old track prints leading into that uh, area. Those are actually, yeah, those are rail, uh, pieces of rail. Okay, so you... you, um, you the, the idea is, yep. You sunk them I into the foam? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a fun trick. Um, because I wanted the track to look like it was the trolley track that were covered up for, you know, where the where the trolley barn was. Yeah, it goes so right behind did, it. Yeah, so what I've done, I've done this on a couple other models where I want track and pavement or concrete. I will pencil out the track spacing, you know, where the distance is between the rails and HO. And with a pencil, I get to straight edge, I will kind of cut a line into the foam, but it's not a line like you would with a knife because you're using a pencil, it kind of bends inward yeah. and makes a space. So what you do is you literally shove the rail in from the end of the foam and feed it into this line you've cut. You kind of shove it in there. And it's a little tricky because you, you don't want it to pop up or go down, so you kind of drive right. the rail into the foam crease that you made. And you can't, you could never operate on it. No, no. Right. The, the foam is too tight against the flange of the rail, and, um, but for just old sure. track that's kind of in pavement, it, it works great. Yeah, it definitely looks yeah, like it's, the effect's insane. It makes it look obviously like it's an obsolete track, and yeah, you know, it, but but I couldn't tell if it was real. I mean, it, I had it, it looked like real track underneath it, um, but I was it, yeah. it was just something that it it pops a little bit, and I wanted to ask you how you did that. It's my eye keeps being drawn. Yeah, and you see that. You can see that in any town or, or big city, especially. Oh, anyway, um, yeah. Like, it, you know, we're here in central PA. We see it in Harrisburg. If you go into Harrisburg, it's all over the place down there. It's a, but especially with that being the railroad town it is. And and then, of course, uh, in Gettysburg, uh, there's old trolley track uh, all over the place down there as well, which is really just it's. But this is something you see in just about any town that you go into. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, you know, there, there's that that history that well, what was there before kind of thing uh, that you can handle with a simple trick, you know. Uh, and then right. looking at it now, looking at the picture myself, I would have rusted the rail a little bit more so you could see that it's metal. Or, <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not always, always finding stuff afterwards. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah now uh, I do. I do think it was very comical how you took the photos and you showed us uh, kind of a behind the scenes photo of the of the uh, backdrop on your gator uh yeah i think it was your gator but you had it on your utility, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah on your utility yeah. vehicle and it was just funny how you, you you posted all these these uh preview photos of the kit and then later on your instagram page you had this funny photo of you know the backdrop and the kit sitting on the back end of your uh gator i had to, i got a good laugh out of that that was, uh, yeah, I, well, I always like just behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, like when they make movies, and like you, you, you forget that there's a whole other world behind the backdrop, you know? Right. Uh, so it's kind of funny to see how, how it's done. So. Sure. <laughs> and the, the game is now, helpful. last year... Move it around and get the right light. Right, right. Yeah, the lighting, oh, is, yeah, the lighting yeah. is awesome, and, and we just... My dad just took a picture... First time ever I tried it last week. We just did that uh, the other week on the uh, Goober's Garage that he did with from... Uh, from Casey's workshop and the natural lighting is just so much it's so much better it's so much more realistic than the old fluorescent yeah. tube lights we have I've places. never tried it until last week and I was like oh I gotta photograph all these gotta get done outside now and, oh you uh, can't you can't go backwards now no because yeah. you know, the shadows <laughs> you you get free shadows they're perfect yeah. they can't yeah. make them any better than, than outside so well, oh absolutely now um uh, your roads themselves. I mean, you talk about the dust on there. Uh, what mm-hmm. what kind of material do you like to use when you put down a like a blacktop road? Um, for years, I've done the joint compound thing. I've done uh, sculpted molds, but this is again another AK product, which is literally called asphalt that comes right out of the mm-hmm. jar. Uh, you, you guys probably picked it up at the show, and it's it's to me it's perfect. It's it's exactly the right texture. It's exactly the right color. And you spread it on with a pallet knife, uh, so you get a nice smooth surface. And if it's a little bumpy, you can wet the pallet knife in a cup of water, dip it in a little bit, and you get this smooth, smooth surface. Oh wow! Um, so I'm going to try that. Really I mean, I, I 
I've seen it for sale a few times, and when I got to you yep. at the show, a lot of people cleaned you out of the AK yeah, products. By the time I came back for it, I, I told my wife, I yep. said, we're going to go back there to his his uh, his stand, there's his tables, and I'm going to get one of those asphalts as I've been looking at them, and oh. they were gone. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to, no, it's not your fault. Well, you sold it. It was great. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to have to try it. Yeah, and what's, what's nice I, where the sewer grates are, the corners, um, they have to be flush with the pavement. So I put them in after I already put the pavement down. So I traced out the rectangle of the sewer grate with the, with an exacto knife. And then I would cut it out further and then I pushed out that rectangle down with my finger so now that there's some depth to the sewer. Oh, cool. painted it a flat flat black. What's nice is the the this AK asphalt stuff doesn't dry rock hard. It's kind of spongy. It's oh. a little bounce to it, so you can kind of shape it a little oh, bit. And so I was able to get a nice flush surface with the grate of the sewer and the road. Oh, and, neat! Uh, just to just cut it and drop it in place. Sweet. So, now, on since I'm looking at that road right now on the photo, your um, the uh, tavern. That you have there. Yep. Uh, now that the trolley, the trolley barn tavern, the um, the storefront is that all laser cut? Yeah, it's two layers of uh, you know, like a frame, the frame top layer, and then the mullions for the window in the back. Um, and then you put acetate for glass, and then there's some printed uh, interior shots of, of stuff I found that you can make it so it doesn't look empty. You know, you can oh, bar, awesome. interior of a bar. Right. Um, so. Always looks yeah, I, I've always yeah. liked your. Well, a lot of your you've you use uh, um, the laser cut um, storefronts on some of your other kits that I've uh, built, and um, they are they are always so cool when you put them together. And you know, when we talked about this on one of the other guests uh, was talking about it, it was Jeff uh, Grove, and he was saying mm-hmm. too. I mean, when you do that, it's um, it allows you to give different color schemes to your to the woodwork without having to you know because you're piecing them together by layers and yeah. and as a result you're not having to worry about you know painting on the inside edges and everything so there, I love that that's a great yeah yeah it's, it's much easier to paint when you're doing everything yeah. pieces and then bring it together um, right it's so crisp and clean that way too yeah yeah especially with two colors or more all that so very so, cool. Well, yeah. um, is is uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add about this kit? And as we um, kind of wrap up about it, some details with ordering it, or obviously you can get it on your website. F O um, it's, yeah. it's spelled out F O S scalemodels.com and you it's right up there. It's a, it's on the top of his website. But uh, I'll let you run with that if you want to. Yeah, well, like we said, uh, it is a limited run, um, so that only 200 of these kits will be made, and then that's it. So, you know, a lot of times what happens is I'll get a call a month later and say, well, where's the kit? And it's like, oh, you missed it. And it's very frustrating. <laughs> so, so customers are missing, and I feel bad, because I always tell them, just get on the newsletter, get on the newsletter, you'll find out when. So if you want the kit, um, I wouldn't wait, you know. Right. Uh, otherwise, it ends up on eBay for a ridiculous price, which is, you know... You're welcome to do that, yeah. but why do it? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not the point. That's not the point of the uh, of the whole kit. Is yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we want we want you to build it. You know, learn from it and get on to the next model, so you just keep getting better at it. <laughs> um, and the other thing about the kit, there is a one the, the fish market building that we keep talking about is an option that you don't have to buy if you don't want that much kit and that much cost. So you can opt out or opt in on that. Um, but it is it's it's priced at half the value it would be if we sold it retail okay. uh, as a standalone building. So it's a good deal. Um, right. You know, generally we try to the kits are, are they're big and there's a lot in there. Uh, so you're you're not going to be uh, short on things to do with the kit, and you're going to find every modeling technique you could possibly do in one in one kit you know and it's, it's, it's what I got from, from George Celios's kids when I started out they were all like going to school you know mm-hmm. each one was up in a different class so uh, yeah. I kind of do the same yeah, thing yeah this, this one will definitely yeah. occupy you for a little bit of time here 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and at the same time, it might look intimidating because it's big, but it's no different than you bought, you know, a three inch by three inch uh, little gas station. It's just the same techniques, but more more material. Right, right. So I, I wouldn't be afraid to do it and, and just, you know, give it a try. Yeah. Now, um, when the release date on that? Uh, when they after they order? You can, you can order it now, uh, but we usually are two months out from when we start shipping, uh, mm-hmm. just so we can get an exact count on how many we need to make. And so, so it's basically sort of a you know, we treat it as like a special order. You know, each kit because uh, sure. they're so big and, and, and time consuming. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it's shipping uh, the last week of September. Wow! Okay. So there you have it. That, that's the perfect timing for. Right before you get into fall and winter when you're going to be indoors more and working on something of this scale, which would be awesome. This is a this would be a great winter project for any modeler, uh, yeah. but for sure. Yeah, yeah. and I, uh, I can't stand the winter, so that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go outside all winter. Keep modeling, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So... Yes. Um, if that's if that's all you have, I mean, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add, do you? No, that's it. I can, you know, unless you guys have another question. Okay. No, we will have. I mean, for our listeners, <laughs> uh, this was a special um, kind of a you know, you you approached us, uh, I believe Sunday night about doing uh, doing this, and uh, we wanted to do yep. a special edition episode of our podcast for our listeners. So you're getting a treat this week. We're gonna do dog's episode obviously right now you're going to be listening to it it'll be wednesday um, mm-hmm. when you're listening uh, and then friday we'll jump into our normal episode it'll just be my dad and i um but uh all the in, all the things we talked about and links to the kit links to everything doug talked about in uh his right. tip his tips and if all you know and if you want to pick up any of the weathering products the, all the links will be in on the podcast description as well as a special post about the kit on our website you can get all the information right there and um yeah we just appreciate having you on doug and talking about the kit yes. and uh, you know we we're looking forward to you know kind of watching other people post because I, I remember seeing it last year we missed out on last year's and i remember seeing a lot of people posting photos of you know on instagram and facebook of the uh limited run kit as they were building it so i'm, I'm looking forward to see how they turn out for some other people too yeah definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah thank you thank, thank you again for having me on short notice and stuff uh, oh sure Maybe next time I will give you a heads up. <laughs> it's, all, <laughs> it's all good. We work off the seat of our pants all the time, so that's, that's yeah. how we are. And uh, yeah. we just want to have a good time. And I function. This I, is function great I function better when I don't have a plan. So this was perfect. <laughs> and this is great. Yeah. It brings. Yeah. It brings. Uh, we brought some modeling skills to the listeners, and they'll get to pick them up from you know from. And, you know, Doug himself, and this is great. And uh, hopefully, they'll they'll look into getting this kit and putting some of those ideas to its its use and its build. So um, that's fantastic. So we, we're happy to have you on. Very cool. Well, thank uh, you very much. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we will be, uh, you know, we'll be in touch with you in the future about everything. So, uh, very good. That was sweet. We had a lot of fun talking to Doug, and again. Head on over to FosScaleModels.com. That's FOSScaleModels.com. And it's right at the top of the page. You can head out, head on over and check out his limited run kit. It is an awesome kit. Uh, we can't wait to see what everyone does with it. And we're just pumped about it. So again, FosScaleModels or FOSScaleModels.com, however you pronounce it, um, head on over and check it out. We will see everybody on Friday with our normal episode. It'll be just my dad and I. And then next week we'll be... Um, Dave Freire will have another special guest on the episode on the on the show next week. So, but this week on Friday, it'll you look forward to it. It'll be just us. So that's it. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. Have a good one, guys.